0: Get ready. It's time for... Operation Late Night Excitement. Uprated Late Night Radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark.
1: It's Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On King of OX.
2: Hello, St. Louis. It's Michael Kelly and John Hancock. And on Monday evenings now going forward with you from 8 to 10 o'clock is what our time will be, uh... Going forward, John. Tonight. tonight we're going to eleven, to 11. and I the You're final gonna talk, hour. We're going to talk Cardinal baseball in a little bit. But yeah. uh, uh, today's Monday. Um, it is, and uh, a lot of people are shifting to the four day work week. Have you uh, heard are. of this fad and trend yeah, that's happening? Yeah, I, I don't and like it. You don't?
1: No. Why? Because you got to work. I mean, that's we're not working in this country. Well, okay. And you know, a, and now you got people not working at all out you're there. Such a wet blanket. Now you're going to now you're going to 4 days a week and you know, you know how many days a week I work, Kelly? How many? 6. I work 6 days what a week. What do you do on Sunday? I I rest on Sunday.
2: You just rest on Sunday. I do. You don't ever do work on Sunday.
1: I if I ha- I mean if I absolutely
2: Don't have you think to. that's how most people are though? Yeah. I think most people are working 7 days a week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's what that's what So but the idea that you would go to a four-day work week. Four let's days. say hypothetically we went to a four-day work week, mm-hmm. uh, or if it would make you feel better, I'd say school. But you'll be like, "That's the problem, Kelly. We're not going
1: to enough school." Well, we're not.
2: Okay, but let's just hypothetically agree that we're going to a four-day work week. Which day of the week would you give up? Would I like to have off? Yeah, uh, Friday. Yeah, I would do Monday. Monday. Now, you would do Friday because then your weekend would start on Thursday. Right. And now Sunday night comes around. Sunday used to be my least favorite day of the week huh. back when I was a kid. Why? Because it was the day before I had to go back to school and I didn't do any of my homework for yeah. three days. So I had to, you know, 60 minutes would come up with that. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, that was just like a bomb in my house. That was going to be the end of my night. My parents were going to be on me about whether or not I'd done my school. I hated school, John. I hated
1: yeah, it's it. It's hard to believe that uh, someone with as much uh, yeah, wisdom exactly. as you I, possess. Well, hello.
2: Uh, it's about time you start to recognize uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. But uh, so now Sunday night is my... Uh, Favorite. Favorite. Um, Favorite night of the week. Nice. And, and, uh, but if I had a day off, I would yeah. choose Monday, which, you know, like beauty salons don't work on Mondays. Right. Uh, barber shops are usually closed on Mondays. Steve Ellman
1: and I went out to lunch today and our restaurant of choice was closed. Oh, oh Steve Elman, the
2: county executive yeah. of St. Charles. Yeah. yeah,
1: good dude. Uh, we, uh, a lot of restaurants close
2: on Monday yeah. evenings. You know, the the hill's pretty much dark on yeah. Monday night. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of restaurants close on Monday. Yeah, so, like that. Well, and during the pandemic, I've had a couple of restaurants in my neighborhoods close on Monday and Tuesday as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, a tough time. Yeah, but now it, it seems to be that, you know, it's back to, you know, some some places close on the Sunday night. particularly in downtown here. I would not take Monday off. because
1: Why? Because Monday, see, I, I get a lot of people get all grumpy on Monday. It's back to work. It's back to school. And it's Monday. You know, like, I, you know that's kind of pop culture to, to diss on Monday. I love Monday, because Monday, you're starting anew. You've got your whole week in front of you. You got stuff. You got your to- fresh to do list that you prepared on su- Sunday evening.
2: Well, I thought you said and, you don't work on Sundays.
1: Uh, well, it'd be a to do list after I get the coffee ready. Is Monday your most productive day of the week? Uh, um, it was today. Um, not necessarily, but it's the it's the launching. It's it's the it's like sitting at Cape Canaveral. But so
2: you don't dread and the, and Monday morning. F- going when the, the alarm
1: evening. goes off, you're not like, oh man, here we go for another week of this. I love the alarm going off in the morning because you know what that means? What I made it through the night. Yeah, well, okay. And and uh, and at my age and in my health, that's no small feat. So uh, waking up in Monday morning and here we are. That it's the week. I get the coffee made from the night before. <laughs> I, I go downstairs. <laughs> I hit that button, you can smell the coffee. The week is ahead of you. You know, you open up the the door. You look outside, and a nice little breeze blowing out there, and the sun is about to come up because I get up early. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing like just launching into the week there on a Monday morning. And if you gave that up, then it would be Tuesday. Yeah. It's just, How no, great would that be? I'm not so but good. Then Tuesday, you only have four days left. And, you know, Friday –
2: most people go to work on Friday. Even it doesn't matter what you do. There's a, just a, a different energy in the air because it's love Friday. Fridays. I love Fridays.
1: Yeah, I love Fridays too. Just imagine if your Friday was Thursday. Well, then I would love Thursdays. Yeah, but uh, but Mondays, I gotta have my Monday. I would I would, be my old, my I would give up Monday.
2: Yeah, I'd give up Monday. I wouldn't do it. We couldn't work for the same company.
1: <laughs> we we do. We're nothing right would, get nothing well, would get done. It nothing would get done. That oh, we weren't around. So so uh, when we got married. You know, you, you go you're these... talking about your wife and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah not you and me. So uh, <laughs> when Georgiana and I got married, you go through these marital counseling classes. Matt, you'll appreciate this one of these days. And uh, so you take all the little personality quiz, the study. You know, and yeah, see v- if you're compatible. It's a little the, late. You've
2: already proposed. You
1: color in the bubbles, you know, and you bubble, and they run it through the little machine there, and then you go sit and, and meet with the pastor. And, and uh, Do you think the priest ever tells him you shouldn't do it? <laughs> well, <laughs> so... <laughs> so we sat down, and he said, well, I must say, uh, I've counseled hundreds of couples uh, over the years. I can only imagine. And, you know, usually what you're looking for in these things is how you're going to complement one another. Well, here's a weakness uh, for John, but look how Georgianne so perfectly complements that weakness. You know, uh-huh. that's the kind of stuff you're looking for. And here, Georgianne is a little, little light over here, but, but this is where John's strength comes in. All right, I mean uh-huh. that's the whole point of opposites attracting and all of that stuff, and you complete each other. That's right. the whole thing about getting married is you complete each other. Okay, <clears throat> he said. I've counseled hundreds of couples. I have never seen two people that were exactly alike. <laughs> like, really, our little our little graphs were like up here, down there. Oh, I mean, we, boy. I married. We married ourselves. We married each other. I mean, wow. we are the same. Now, over time, we've kind of uh, adapted but when we uh, was that was that counseling stuff worthwhile you think oh uh, well i mean you know it's 31 years later so but i mean
2: here's the question you you're, you you show up you tell the priest or the uh, in your case the minister right mm-hmm. pastor mm-hmm. pastor we want to get married uh we're engaged well yeah. you've already made the decision you're getting married right does it really matter what some dude who you know in my case has never been married is going to tell me <laughs> huh <laughs> <laughs> well, so what advice is a priest going to give me? Uh, well, listen, you know, when you get married, things are going to get awfully tough. And, <laughs> Kelly, uh, you know, just I'm, on I'm, you uh, filling out a couple of bubbles, I think we ought to come to these conclusions. I am
1: unable to speak to that question. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you, it's a, getting married is a, is an emotional experience, and it's, uh, it's unlike— uh, any other any other thing that I might do we'll it. do in our life? I might do in, it. In our li- yeah, right. I
2: might do it. You'll wear a kilt.
1: Yeah. I'll, yeah. If you get married, I'll wear a kilt. Yeah,
2: that is Sean yeah. Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. We're going to talk Cardinal
0: baseball and Mike Schilt when we come back. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: On a now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. I
3: love it at night.
1: On King of OX. So, if... You're like me, and not many are, but you may be like me in this regard. St. Louis Cardinal baseball is part of the fabric of our lives. We've grown up with them. The team has got a storied history and a, a glorious past. They've won the second most World Series of any franchise in Major League Baseball history. They've won the most World Series in the National League history. they produce produced some of the game's greatest players and, uh, and greatest managers. And if you're like me, you were shocked last Thursday when the Cardinals called a hastily scheduled news conference to announce that they were parting ways with their manager of the last three and a half years, Mike Schilt, a manager who had a 569 winning percentage higher than Tony La Russa's or Whitey Herzog's or Mike Matheny's or anyone except for Johnny Keane in the history of the franchise. Uh, over philosophical differences. And um, mm. I think the Cardinals were shocked. I think the baseball world was shocked. And I think all uh, the fans were shocked. And so today we were to hear from Mike Schilt, and he scheduled a Zoom conference with the media. He didn't take questions. He had a prepared statement, a very emotional statement. And you're going to hear that statement now in its entirety, and you're going to hear the emotion and the passion and the – respect and appreciation this man had for this franchise where he'd spent the last 18 years of his life. And it's, uh, it's quite something. And uh, so we're going to listen to the Mike Schilt zoom conference. And then after the break, we'll come back and, and discuss it on KMOX. Here is former Cardinal manager, Mike Schilt.
3: I do want to uh, take this opportunity to thank everyone for the opportunity to, uh, wrap up my very blessed 18 year career with the St. Louis Cardinals. I'd like to start by sharing my gratitude to all the players that I've had the privilege to scout, coach, and manage. My primary purpose in my 13 years in player development and five years in the big leagues was to help players realize and get the most out of their God-given talent. I'm thankful to have been part of these players' journeys, and beyond baseball, I hope they know how much I care for them. I love you all and respect you very much. Next, my sincere gratitude to the St. Louis Cardinals organization who took a chance on an eager young baseball man and developed him into a man that I am today. It would be irresponsible if I didn't mention the many people who taught me the Cardinal way, although I'm sure I'll be omitting someone. I have a special place in my heart and will be eternally grateful for the love, support of Freddie McAllister, Mr. George Kissel, David Ricketts, Jim Riggleman, Mark Riggins, Galen Pitts, the Chief. Derek was Steve Turco, John Vuce, John Vooch, Scott Smolzinski, and the Major League staff that was with me most of the time, and Tony LaRusso, Dave Duncan, Joe Pattini, Dave McKay, CJ Cherry, and, of course, close mentors and friends of mine, and Gary LaRock, and my man, Mr. Mark D. John. Of course, I'd also like to be grateful for the opportunity to get to know and to be taught from some of the best baseball people in the world from a major league side, Mr. Bob Gibson, Lou Brock, Red Shane Deist, Whitey Herzog, Ozzy Smith, Bruce Suter, Jason Isringhausen, Chris Carpenter, Mike Shannon, Joe Torrey, Jim Edmonds, and Albert Pujols, many of which or all of which that are alive have reached out and wished me nothing but the best. I'm grateful for that. This group and others invested in me and taught me what it takes in all areas to achieve at the highest level. The conversations were full of wisdom, encouragement, accountability, and at times some hard to- truths and tough love. At every turn, regardless of how challenging the conversations were, it was always about what's best for the Cardinals and the St. Louis Cardinals organization and maintaining the very high standards of the organization both on and off the field. I'm so grateful for the trust and opportunity I had in our player development department in the 13 years I was a part of it. A couple highlights being in 2007 at the end of instructional league, sitting down at the head of the table as John Mazelot came in after recently named the general manager and informed our department that we were now gonna rely on our homegrown talent even more and our future was our farm system. It was a privilege to help shepherd our system and reward that trust with players that came up and contributed to another era of successful Cardinals baseball. It was a player development department that won the 2011 and 2013 organizational uh, minor league baseball organizations of the year. Quite a tribute to our players, but also to our cohesive staff. Another highlight was working with Mark DeJohn and Gary LaRock, among others, on an organizational field manual that captured the teachings of the recently departed and legendary George Kissel. It's something that I'll always take great pride in and know that I left the, the instructional aspect of organization in good hands. Also, I'd like to thank the organization for the opportunity to coach and manage at the major league level, starting with the DeWitt family and the ownership group, along with Mo and his front office staff. I will always be very, very appreciative of your trust in me. I'm also very grateful for Mike Matheny allowing me the opportunity to be on his staff and give me a chance at the major league level to start that chapter of my career. Speaking of staffs, it's a wonderful opportunity to thank the staff I've been blessed to compete with over the last three and a half seasons. One of the, one of the unbelievable, amazing things about this staff was the fact that how long we were able to cut our teeth and strive together. Pop, Gertie, Jeff, Ollie, Jabelle, and Willie, I got the privilege of working with you in the minor league system before we got the chance to work together at the big league level. I was fortunate enough to coach and manage Ollie, KT, and Packy in the minor leagues, and they were a huge asset for what we were able to accomplish at the big league level, especially Ollie, who has my deepest and most trusted respect. Had the privilege and uh, and of working with a uh, stud of a baseball man and pitching coach and Mike Maddox and a wealth of baseball wisdom and Chad Blair, head of our video department. Also, Stubby Clab, Dusty Blake, and Jamie Pogue, whose hard work and loyalty I'm grateful for. Thanks all of you for everything you did and being all in for our team and our organization. Also, my appreciation for the medical performance, kitchen, clubhouse, and traveling staff as they did an amazing job to serve our players and staff. You guys are all first class. I also want to thank the group that's in front of me now, the media. Um, it was a privilege to work together with you, and I was always uh, grateful for our time together, sometimes more um, so than others. <laughs> um, but I will say this. I can, I don't know if you always like what I said or agreed with it, and that's fine, and that's com- I'm comfortable with that. Um, but I respect you all. And I wanted to make sure you know that I did my best to help you do your jobs. I also need to be very grateful for the rights holders and the people that I know had my back and supported me through KMOX, the flagship station of the Cardinals for years. Mr. John Rooney, Ricky Horton, Mike Claiborne, and Mike Shannon, I'm indebted to your support. And on the Bailey side, um, Danny Mack, Jim Evans, Brad Thompson, and jim hayes have always been there and i'm grateful for our relationship i'm also most grateful there's no crying in baseball um, for my beautiful and supportive wife uh, michelle and my amazing stepdaughters laura grace and madison Um, They have been amazing support for me over the last three years and beyond rocks for me during this challenging um, transition and um, part of my life. I have the best wife in the world, who I love deeply, and has been beside me my whole life, and is my best friend. I can't thank you enough, and I love you. I did my very every turn to be a, care, a good caretaker of the Cardinal's legacy. I invested my heart, soul, and most of my professional career in helping maintain and be a part of being an organization that I cared more about than I cared about my own career. I was taught not to talk out of school. And while clearly there were differences that led to this parting of ways, out of respect for the organization, the people that run it. I can only express my gratitude and all the all this philosophies that were shared over the many years, most of us together, um, allowed us to part ways as, as professional friends. And um, that will be left said. And what, what differences there were um, will be left to remain unsaid. I respect and hope that any rumors or, or um, window that are out there can be left to just, let's move forward. And let's take care of uh, maintaining the integrity of the future of the organization. Speaking of the future, I'm at at peace with the way I've left the players and the staff in a very positive vision. I'm excited for the team in 2020. As for me, I look forward to uh, connecting with my family and growing new relationships that we have. And I definitely look forward to the next opportunity in baseball, which I'm sure will be many, and help grow the players and our great game that we all love dearly. So, I would defer to um, everything I've just said. I haven't had a great wrap up statement here um, other than to thank you, love you, and appreciate all of you. Um, and let's move forward and let's continue to grow together. And uh, I wish everyone on this call all the best. Thankful for the support. God bless.
1: And that was former Cardinal manager Mike Schilt, a very emotional uh, farewell. An unusual farewell in that the Cardinals offered him the use of their platform to deliver those remarks today. Um, a really interesting period now for the Cardinals. Michael Kelly and John Hancock, we're going to break that down and give our thoughts on what's happening in Cardinal major- Nation, such a big part of all of our lives. That's next on KMOX. About to be a great night. Feeling good tonight. Yeah, this is one hell of a night. Wow. Back to late night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX.
2: So, what do you think of the
1: announcement? Well, um, you know, it's uh, nobody saw this coming. I didn't. And obviously, well, you say obviously, it's all speculation at this point, but uh, it seems as if something may have been kind of bubbling under the surface <laughs> going since the middle of the season, but something came to a head. After that, the wild card loss, and there there was a meeting of the leadership, and um, something must have come to a head. So you don't think
2: time. this was planned before the end of the season? I, I don't think so. No. So then they got a. They they probably don't have somebody in mind to replace them.
1: Well, they had about a five day. So I think you know the they had their season ending meetings on that Friday. They made the announcement the following Thursday. So they had five five and a half days. To reach the decision to part ways with Mike Schilt, and and I would think in that time they also discussed what the future would look like. And, you know, Cardinals, based on recent history, are likely to hire somebody that's got a familiarity with the ball club. That might be Ollie Mormole, the the bench coach. Could be Stubby Clapp. Could be Skip Schumacher, who's been with the San Diego Padres but came out of the Cardinal organization, won a World Series with the Cardinals in 2011. So, uh, I would expect the choice to be someone of that ilk and not some name or big name on the outside. But you know, we'll see.
2: I'm a partial to stubby clap myself. <laughs> yeah. um, what about um, Mike Schilt? What's next for him? This is a man who's got one of the best winning percentages yeah. and as a manager of anybody out there. Yeah,
1: you know, it's going to be interesting. So you've got the Schilt thing on the on the one side, but the. The spotlight here, for, insofar as the Cardinals are concerned, the spotlight is clearly now on John Mozeliak. He has staked out that the team's direction is his direction. He's in charge. He's setting the policy for how the manager is going to implement the front office's desires on the field. And, you know, baseball's been trending in that direction for a while, and certainly you've seen teams meet with success using that, the Giants being a great example of that, as are The Tampa Bay Rays and some other teams that have really invested and gone all in on the analytics um, to the exclusion of the managerial gut. And uh, it looks like the Cardinals have decided that that's the path they're going to walk. And of course, that all, the responsibility of that lays on the general manager, John Mosalak. And if the Cardinals go on to make the postseason and win a World Series in the next two or three years, then John Mosalak, it will be proven. that he was correct. Well hasn't he already proven his uh you, you would battle here in St. Louis? I would, think he has you would think. Uh but now But I mean it
2: look the baseball game's changing. Yeah. Tampa Bay, the the Giants, like you said, I mean and name me some a superstar on one of those teams. I mean, I guess the Giants have uh, a, Buster Posey. Buster Posey. Uh, I, I think Car- Crawford, the shortstop, is outstanding. Uh, but it, player. it is driven by this new Moneyball concept, if you
1: will. Yeah, the analytics, absolutely. And they so they've got you know they've got three or four very good veterans, all of whom had really good years this year, and then they kind of mix and match and fill in the parts around the edge. And and certainly the Tampa Bay Rays have, have followed that same kind of approach. And, you know, it is an approach that works. Is it the only approach that works in baseball? I mean, I guess we'll see. Well,
2: lots of things are going through upheaval in our lives. Are we starting to see the game of baseball, as we know, the five-man rotation, uh, you know, where you go out and you spend big on your five pitchers and... You know, you put it behind them. Are we seeing that potentially go by the wayside? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's certainly changed a bunch. Um, Pitchers, Nobody pitches nine innings anymore. I mean, it's rare. And, you know, then the question becomes, and that's been that way for a while. And then what teams went to then is you had a seventh-inning guy and an eighth-inning guy and a closer. And that's kind of Mike Schilt managed the pitching staff that way. Uh, You get your starter through five or six innings. Then you go to your big three on the back end. And, you know, now you're seeing the teams adopt this opener where they'll put a relief pitcher in to start the game and go an inning or two, and then another relief pitcher, and you want to get three or four innings down the road and try and get on the board and hold the other team scoreless. And then you bring in a, the quote-unquote starting pitcher to give you four innings in the middle of the game. And the Dodgers did that the other night in the, uh, in the uh, National League Division Series. And, uh, and perhaps Schilt was reluctant to kind of adopt that sort of philosophy. I mean, that could have been one of the differences of philosophies. We'll never know. So baseball,
2: uh, it's distracting to me. I don't much care for it. You say it doesn't bother you. But you watch these guys on TV now. They take their ball caps off and they're reading, you know, a paragraph of notes they have in their hat. Or maybe they're at second base and they pull something out of their back pocket. Uh, I mean, it's all being driven by the computers now in so many ways, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. The Even the way the... the, the, the although the,
1: although you've been pulling stuff out of your back pocket for years now, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. But I, it's just, I don't know, it's a
2: different game. Um, one of the things that happened a lot in the last couple of weeks of the Cardinals run there was we started to steal bases. Did you notice that? Yes. What? Why all of a sudden? Because this well, wasn't a team that was running at the beginning of the well, year. Well,
1: no, we it? we ran consistently. I think it, it. You know, we got to a place where we really had to manufacture runs, and certainly the running game is part of that. But if you look at, you know, Mike Schilt put a focus on defense and base running, two things that were had gotten pretty sloppy under under Mike Matheny. And clearly, the Cardinals made great strides in both of those areas. I think they were among the league leaders in defensive runs saved this year, and and um, in, in you can point to those. Which is why I think Mike Schilt will find another job in Major League Baseball. It might be with the Padres, who have an. Open. So, what are we just going to trade Schumacher for Schilt? Well, it could be. I mean, it, it may end up working that way. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. Either the Cardinals, I wouldn't be shocked with Schumacher. I certainly wouldn't be shocked with Ali Marmol, who I know the players on that team respect What's greatly. he do now? He's the uh, bench coach. He's like the assistant coach. What basically. about Jose Okendo? Yeah, uh, I think there was a time where Okindo really wanted to manage in the big leagues. Now I think he kind of prefers working with the minor leaguers at the complex there in Jupiter. He lives there. Uh, the The travel schedule for a manager is brutal, and... The media interaction, that's not for everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. every game you stand up and do a press conference after every game. And, you know, some people, you and I would love that. Uh, But uh, most baseball people, you know, that's not their favorite cup of tea. So
2: everybody's got a meathead at the end of the bar who's saying, you know who ought to manage this ball team? Yadier Molina. He ought to be a player and a manager at the same. Pete Rose did it. Yeah, Yadier Molina could do it.
1: Well, he could probably, but I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, I do think Yadi, if he wants a future uh, in in the dugout, he could manage a baseball team. He's already kind of effectively been the manager for those Puerto Rican teams in the World Baseball Classic, and um, he commands respect. He certainly knows the game. He knows every aspect of the game. You see him positioning the outfielders from behind the plate. You see him. Um, you know, giving signals to the third baseman to guard the line more and I mean he, he directs traffic on the field. He definitely could manage a major league team. Uh but I don't think you'll see a player manager.
2: So we have finally uh really coming to the realization as a national league team that we're going to have the designated hitter yeah. uh in our league. Yeah. And, you know, we fought it for, for well, almost a decade. I've been hearing this discussion and it just seems like a foregone conclusion that next year it's gonna happen. Uh, if and when they come to a new collective bargaining uh, agreement, uh, the Players Association and the managers, it's more than likely to be there. Why wouldn't the players want this? This they is do. another job that right. pays right. Uh, for uh, their members to be able to to work. I um, think there could be a revisit from maybe one of the most
1: famous Cardinals uh, of the modern era. Yeah, I, I don't expect it. I mean, Albert is pretty much relegated to, to facing left-handed pitching now. So, you know, how many left-handers do you face in the course of a, of a season? It's probably if 35%, 40% most of the time. Uh, he'd be an effective bat off the bench, to be certain, and he could DH against lefties. And it would be kind of cool from a nostalgia standpoint to see him back in the Cardinal lineup, but I, I would be surprised. The Cardinals probably are going to go out, well, they need one more bat in the lineup. And that's either going to be a shortstop bat or it's going to be a DH. And I don't think they can do both of them because they need to add some starting pitching. And while they've got $60 million coming off the payroll, uh, that $60 million will be spent pretty quick if they go get one of these marquee shortstops, uh, whether it's Seager or Marcus Simeon, Trevor Story, um, uh, and like that. So, you know, I, I wouldn't expect them to sign two big, Marquee Bass. You could get pool holes for not a lot, I would think, but he also wouldn't have a lot of versatility. One thing we know for sure
2: is not only will the Cardinals look different next year with the new manager uh, and potentially uh, the designated hitter and some new t- folks coming to the ball club uh, will also sound different because Mike Shannon is yeah. retired and uh, my entire life I've heard Mike Shannon on the radio. Yeah. Um yeah. and it will be weird to not hear Mike Shannon, you know, with his classic chuckle and grab yourself a cold one and right. let's watch the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, you know, and I you know, Jack Buck passed away in what 2001 or 2. So you remember Jack Buck as oh, a gosh, kid. Yeah. Well, for me, Jack Buck was he was baseball. And um Ditto. Mike too. But but Jack, you know the voice of the Cardinals and, and so legendary here at KMOX. And when he passed away, and he he'd been off the air for months at that point. But um, you know that loss. I remember staying up all night the night that Jack Buck died and, and listening to the tributes here on on KMOX. Um, yeah, it's just you know baseball for a lot of us is is just so ingrained into our into our lives, the fabric of our lives. It's how we. It's how we relate to our children. It's uh, it's generational. It's you know, Baseball's profound and uh, so so significant. And you could hear it in Mike Schilt's voice, what, what this game and this franchise and this team meant to him. And uh, he's going to be missed. I, so I, I like Mike Schilt. Mike, uh, John Hancock
2: just described to you what baseball means to St. Louis and how much it means to him. I know it better than anybody, but when we come back, I'm going to tell you about a night at the ballpark where John Hancock almost got me killed after this on King of OX.
1: I have been thinking all evening about how to best say this. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX.
2: I like our country. Very nice. Yeah, It's late night
1: with Hancock and Kelly. It is late night. Just past my bedtime. Yeah. The, don't get used to this,
2: folks. We won't go till 11, but from 8 to 10, it'll be Hancock and Kelly on your Monday evenings going forward. Only we Monday. hope you'll stick around and join us. Uh, it'll be a free flowing conversation like we've had all evening tonight. They do flow freely here. And uh, I did promise I'd tell the quick story. So uh, yeah. I have seats at the ballpark and they're in pretty good Pretty good They're little speed. Great seats. You yeah, yeah. Right so, him
1: played about 20 rows back. Yeah. Right there.
2: So my buddy John Hancock comes with me one night. And I don't know if you all know this, but John has a magnificent voice. And he also, uh, when when we're hanging out together, he'll call play-by-play of a
1: baseball game, you know, if it's just on the television. Wainwright comes set, checks the runner at first. Here's the pitch. It's over with low ball. One, one ball and no strikes to Javi Baez. And there's a the runner at first. Cardinals lead this game 3-2. to two. And
2: one-on-one-out. So that's a little flavor of what it's like hanging out with John Hancock. Well, John uh, and I went to the ball game together, and we had a, a cold frosty. Or two. Or two. And John busts into uh, his play-by-play. So, and there's a fly ball down
1: the left field line. It's going to be handled by the left fielder. He has it, and there's two away.
2: Well, a large man, a little bit larger than both of us who sits in front of us, uh, for about, I don't know, Two minutes, thought it was entertaining that John was, you know, doing a little play-by-play.
1: There's a ground ball is short. Cosma is up with it over to first. And, and uh, uh, that takes care of the Mets here in the fourth inning. Yeah, and needless no to say. one, by hit, by one left. left. We played three and a half, one nothing
2: Cardinals. And needless to say, after about the four and a half, fourth inning, he'd have had enough of it and turns around he goes, will you shut up? I didn't pay to come and listen to you.
1: And I thought oh, I'm offended. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to beat this guy up. I was highly offended. I was uh, just trying to provide a service for the people out there. Yeah, no, you know, because you're watching the game, you don't always know what's going on. No, you know, and. Uh... You know, who doesn't like a little play-by-play? With well, I think that... Uh, action on the field. They want you to go home and put your earphones in your ear and listen to it that way. I think he wanted me to put something else someplace else. But that's... Uh, <laughs> that was my interpretation. No, you do have a good voice. And, you know, baseball's like telling a story. What about, like, hockey? Like, could Couldn't you think do you could it. keep Couldn't up to the no action? Way. No, hockey's the hardest sport. Because you, you've got... You're constantly ch- And you're constantly changing the players. Both mm-hmm. teams. So... I mean, and and you throw on top of it the names. Right. You know, Bucznevich, uh, Kesmakov. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Right. I mean, give me a break. Kirk. Right. Yeah. yeah uh, I it's got to be tough. Yeah, it is tough. And then we had a game one night. There was like, <laughs> there were like three three brewers on the ice. The last name Brewer. I mean, how do you keep up with all of that?
3: So.
2: Yeah, it's hard to do. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I don't think I could do that. No, I, I, th- I do think I could do
2: the golf. Oh, sure. Yeah. Here we are. In the yeah. Middle of the thirteenth fairway. Yeah, John Hancock standing over the ball. Ooh. He gingerly grabs his side. Oh, I think he's pulled a muscle. How's it looking, Paula? <laughs> oh, it's lovely down here, John. <laughs> no, I. But I have mad respect for the uh, the guys. Uh, you know, Mister Kelly and all the others who have and, and do call uh, oh, yeah. hockey as Absolutely. a result of it. it be interesting to who your who our play-by-play booth will be next year. Can't well, yeah, wait I to. I think
1: uh, I mean I think you're looking at what we've seen. I think you're going to see John Rooney. the Cardinals will make the announcement, but John Rooney, Ricky Horton, uh I think you'll see Claves in there. Love Claves. Claves uh, yeah. is the best. He's such a good guy, done, yeah. Big guy. Yeah. And uh, so that'll be interesting. Of course, there is no finer commentator uh in professional sports than what you find in the professional snooker tour.
2: Yeah, no. Um, you, you dude, people may not
1: know this, but you applied to to do play-by-play for the Cardinals, didn't you? Oh, years ago, yeah, when I didn't know anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was a stupid, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I did. Was it to Mr. Highland? No, he was gone at that point. Was Rod Zimmerman? So, no, it was Karen Carroll. Karen Carroll. Yeah yeah, 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 Did you ever get to talk to her? I did. I had a meeting. I yeah. flew back from vacation. We were on a family vacation in Escanaba, Michigan. Uh-huh. And uh, I flew home to meet with Karen Carroll. I mean, how silly was I? Um, but, yeah, it would have been a cool job. But there's so many capable. I mean, you just look around our sports department. Oh. Tom Ackerman, uh, wheels, you know. Joe Pot. I mean, we've got some great people in that, that sports department, that any Wheeler, of whom.
2: That Wheeler voice, uh, I can't even do it. Oh, Wheels is great. In deep, fact, you know, I, I really
1: yeah. enjoy during spring training sometimes uh, on the stream, you'll you'll have Wheels and Tom Ackerman doing the game on the stream when it's not being carried, uh, you know, on the air. And uh, they do a great job, those two. I mean, they're really, really, really quite good. Yeah we've well, we just got a couple minutes left
2: it's Monday it would be normally the day that I would be uh
1: taking off in a taking four-day off day
2: week. on a four day yeah. week and then getting up and starting my Tuesday tomorrow yes uh John Hancock and I we appear on Friday mornings here on KMOX. we do then we uh, show up on Friday afternoons with Dave Glover how about him coming over and being a part of the 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 lineup on KMOX? I love it it's been a great addition it's a great
1: great program very entertaining. Uh, they it's a shame
2: they can't get him a commercial or two to Yeah, right. They
1: don't take themselves too seriously, which I like. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they do a great job. It's uh, it's some of the best radio in town. And I think a lot of people over the years uh, grew because Dave's been on the air for over 20 years now in, yeah, in know this what?
2: market. You know what they're doing that I don't like? What? They're starting to hone in on our Kevin Colleen coming in and doing a segment oh, with us. No, That's all right. Kevin Colleen should be exclusive to the Hancock and Kelly Show on well, Friday morning. You can
1: never have enough Kevin Colleen. I think we all can appreciate. I mean, that. there
2: there is no more unique personality in St. Louis than Kevin Colleen.
1: Have he you is, ever read any of his books? Uh, I haven't. I, I probably should. I should too. Because it'd be a, such a keen insight into that mind that is so inexplicable. Yeah, um, because
2: if, if you've listened to one of the holiday radio plays here in the last dozen or so years that Kevin has written them. Like 20. Yeah, uh, he's a unique fella, and, and the plot lines are typically unique. I can
1: only imagine...
2: What a Kevin Colleen book or novel—the uh, the twists and turns it must take.
1: Well, I'm sure it gives you a, a unique insight into that mind. And hey. uh, he's he's great, though. I I enjoy his segments with us every Friday.
2: Hey, forgot to ask you about this. So this weekend I headed out to the wineries. By the way, if you guys haven't been out to the wineries yet this time of year, it's beautiful. They're rocking and rolling. I, I can a, I can I can attest that Michael had a fine
1: time. I had at the an
2: absolutely lovely time. Did we speak on on a Saturday? You called me up though? on the phone, buddy. Yeah, I, invited I, me uh, to. Uh,
1: Invited me over. How was the, uh, how did I sound? Uh, I sounded in such a way that I thought better of coming over. Yeah. Tell me about the Greek Fest. Uh, so, Oh, phenomenal. So St. Uh, no, Assumption Greek Orthodox Church had the Greek Fest this weekend. And, you know, there's a Greek Fest, seems like every other week now, and St. Louis used to just be Labor Day and Memorial Day. But uh, it was one of these drive throughs So you order, and I, I got the gyro, and I got the uh, spanakopita, and I got the uh, pastizo. Um, and it was phenomenal. So we had Sunday, it was Sunday night, last last night. So my in-laws came over, and Mary Catherine came over, and Johnny was over, and, and we, a uh, little family get together. My son-in-law was home because he wasn't feeling well. Um, <laughs> I but, probably would have, too. Greek food or pizza? Okay, I'm going to order pizza. Oh, buddy, you this was so I'm phenomenal. The Greek pastizzo. food's lovely. It's lovely. Uh,
2: have you ever had pastizza No. Oh. Look at me, John. Oh.
1: Do I look like I eat pastito? I don't even know what pastito is. There it is. Right now, they're playing the Greek music. Are you, I, could, I could have another piece right now. Is that the spinach? Uh, no, no, no. That's the sponacopia. That's the sponacopia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about the pastito? Tell me about the pastito. <laughs> the, the pastito is very good. Hey, we got to call it a day. Uh, we do have to call it a day. He's Michael Kelly. I'm John Hancock. What's up next here, Matthew? Our American stories, some American fine, story. fine stories, all about see America. Friday. Hey, we'll see you Friday right here on the Voice of St. Louis News Radio, eleven twenty, KMOX. We
0: really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.